0: <laughs> i just caught the tail end of that as i pressed record
1: <laughs> if you will run i'll run to you solid if you spiked. say hi, hi- <laughs> ah, my voice is so funny. <laughs> okay go ahead
0: hello and three two one hello and welcome to <laughs> the jonathan tilger does karaoke podcast i mean the investment property income podcast my name is jeff Edie, and joining me today is the uh Ever so vocal, slightly (laughs) off-key, one of Canada's top mortgage brokers, Mr. Jonathan Tilger. Jonathan, how are you today, sir?
1: I am awesome, Jeff. I mean, I'm singing, so how could I not be phenomenal? How about you? Spring is
0: in the air. Bowie is in your heart. Uh, (laughs) I didn't expect you to run with that. I'm excited. (sighs) Thanks for that. Anywho, um, yeah, we just did our last podcast about – the possible buble that's happening and all of that stuff. And we ended that off understanding that real estate is still a good investment. Education is everything. Having a long-term goal and a long-term plan is everything. But since we wrote a book called The Investment Property Income Book, and we're doing a podcast about investment property and income, I figured we'd take a step back today And talk about, see, we've talked about this before, the curse of knowledge, but really how to get started. What's the first step? And I mean, minute step when it comes to looking at using your home to become an investor. Now, I guess I'll I'll lead you off with a question. I'll tee one up for you. Let's say you're a young couple, maybe in their early 30s. And you've got some equity built up in your house. You see what's going on in the market right now. And you know, absolutely know for a fact that there is a shortage of rentals in all of the nine Oh five areas. What's the first thing you would recommend that couple start doing? And I mean, very first thing I don't mean like, Oh, contact. No, no, no. What should they look up something? Should they, should they have a conversation about something? How does that
1: start? Take it away. Well, the, the, (laughs) I'll say the, the first thing, especially if you're talking a couple, is to actually, and generally speaking, I will say that it will start with one person. So mm-hmm. one person in that couple, this is something i heard about, read about, you're listening to this podcast and you're saying this sounds like a great idea. First thing is talk to your partner, your significant other, and have a discussion about it and make sure that, make sure that you can both be on the same page to start with because there's nothing worse mm-hmm. than you're in a couple, one person, I want to do this, 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 and the other person's, well, you know, that scares the hell out of me and I'm not really <laughs> comfortable with that. So it, it generally probably will not go anywhere very quickly if that's the case. So the first, the first, the very first step, if you are in a couple, talk to your significant other and have a discussion about it and then from there figure out where you want to start so you can get them on board with you. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm so <clears throat> let's say you're 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 both at that point and you're absolutely right i heard somebody talking about this uh actually it was uh one of my favorite youtubers matt Carricker from demolition ranch they were talking about the abandoned mansion they've been fixing up over the last year and a half or so but um uh, matt Carricker did talk about that exact um process that he went through with his wife he was saying that he started you know hey wouldn't it be cool if we Bought that abandoned mansion and joked about it. And then they kind of warmed up to the idea. And then within a few months, they were saying, hey, you know what? Maybe this is a good idea. Let's look at the numbers. So what would the next step be? Let's say you both had that conversation. It's been a a bit of a, a process. Now you're both comfortable with saying, hey, let's at least look at it. Where do you
1: start? Well, I'll, and, I'll, and I'll go back, and this goes to really to what our system is, looking at what are really your financial goals and what do you want to want to accomplish? Mm-hmm. And so it's fine <clears throat> fine to say you sit down with another, and you're probably not going to sit down and say, hey, let's let's buy a property. You're going to start with the conversation of, here's where I want to get to. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're going build, to be building a life with somebody, you want to make sure that you both have the same objective in mind. Mm-hmm. And that, that comes down to obviously family, kids, uh, education for your kids. Uh, And then looking at retirement, what type of retirement you want, areas you want to live, all those things. And so having that conversation and once you say, hey, here's here's the lifestyle I want. Here's what I want to do. Here's when I want to retire. Here's number of kids I want. Here's the schools I'd, I'd like for them as an option to go to and what things are going to probably cost. And now it's how do you reach those those objectives? And can real estate be an avenue to help you do that? And if you're both on board saying, yeah, real estate is something you'd like to do, you own a house right now, or maybe you're just buying your first house. But if you own a house, and I think this is what you were getting at at the start, which is saying you've got the house, you've got some equity, especially with the appreciation that's been happening. Now, what can you buy a second property? What what equity can you access from your current property to potentially do that? And it could be a situation where, well, maybe your next step is you live the two of you are together, you're talking about having a family, you want to have a child, you live in, in a one a one bedroom condo, maybe the, maybe the next step for you is, you know what, we should buy ourselves a bigger place, be it a bigger condo, maybe a townhouse, a house. And if you're saying, well, you know what, real estate investing is maybe a good thing, you could look at converting your existing property into a rental property, just holding on to it, converting it. Acts, you can still access the equity in that property today to refinance, pull the equity out, buy oh the my, property you want down, to live slow in. Down, <laughs> slow down, slow down, slow down. You are, yeah, I, I love the way your
0: mind works, sir. You are 7,000 steps ahead of me. And I was, I was really intently listening there, but there's so much in what you said that I want to kind of break all of that down. And that's really what I, I I was talking about, the curse of knowledge, like you just have such a breadth of knowledge in this industry of what your options are. And a lot of people, when they're looking at something so big, because here's, here's the mentality that I understand um, coming into first-time investors. And I get this, um, you know, our good friend, Toto Yordanov, uh, I helped him with the real estate investment network in Toronto, uh, real estate investment, no real estate network. What was it? Rent Real estate. Network Toronto. That's what it was. It was one of the largest. Uh, it actually was, uh, I believe, the largest downtown real estate meetup in Toronto. <clears throat> and that's where you and I met, is through Todor. And um, one thing that I really understood about the process for people psychologically was that they had to go get educated before they ever, you know. Yes, we've got the goals, and we believe real estate is the way. And then I saw what a lot of people did was a tire kick. So I guess this is where I'm, I'm saying, let's let's back it way up because yep. your, your strategies are brilliant. And I love where you were going with that. And I definitely want to get back there. But um, what I see a lot of people do is tire kick for a long time. Months, if not years. And they go to all sorts of different types of education. And they get all sorts of different types of information. Where do you think people should concentrate if they're okay, that they're saying, okay, we know it's real estate. We know where we want to get to. How do we get there? Where should people start with their education? And you can definitely shamelessly plug this podcast, by the way.
1: <laughs> well, of course, this podcast, perfect place to start. So, so if you're listening to this. You are in the perfect place to start. <laughs>
0: Kind of, kind of set that one up for you to spike, didn't I? <laughs> but I mean, what are the essentials? And, and, and of getting you yelled it? at me to spike it too. <laughs> <laughs> we're like Maverick and Goose in that uh, volleyball scene from Top Gun. Yeah, <laughs> I, I want to be Maverick. Um, <laughs> sorry, getting off the rails here. Um, but where, you know, what should people concentrate on educating themselves on? when they're first looking at this.
1: Really the, 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 the main thing, the main thing with, with real estate investing as with investing in general is to get started. Mm -hmm. Uh, Obviously, I mean, read, read some material, understand it. I would probably, if you want to educate yourself on something, focus on an area you like. I mean, if you're saying, Hey, you want, you want to invest in something that you can manage yourself or just have have an understanding of start with an area you know mm-hmm. don't don't sit there and say well i've i mean for myself i grew up in mississauga i basically have lived most of my life i've traveled a lot but i've lived most of my life in cult i'll call it the west end of toronto from from mississauga etobicoke uh into the high park area that's kind of where i've lived most of my life i try i i mean outside of university where i was in hamilton uh, but so that's where I've lived most of my life. Coincidentally, that's also where I've done most of my real estate investing. Mm-hmm. Just because it's areas I know I've, I mean, I've gone a little bit West. I mean, I've, I've gone a little bit West of Burlington, but I haven't, I've heard about people saying, well, there's great opportunities in Windsor and all these outlying areas going they're real, they pockets. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And while they may be great areas to invest in, do I want to spend all of my time where educating myself on a real estate area to invest in, or do I want to put my focus into making money and then using my money to invest in areas that I know?
0: You know, that's, that's actually really interesting because um, I believe it was the Motley Fool uh, recommended that if you're going to start investing in stocks, invest in things you already use. Exactly. Invest in what you know. And there are a million strategies out there. I think the other thing you said that was really important there is to get started. Um, We can always make more money. We're going to make mistakes, but we can't make more time. The longer you wait to get started, the longer that learning curve is going to last. And, um, you know, I, I can personally speak from experience. Losing a lot of money sucks, but the education you gain in the process is everything. Um, and that's not always going to be the case that you're going to lose money. You, you know, you're going to make mistakes, obviously, but the great thing about what you teach people is to surround yourself with your professional team because you know, there's, there's, everybody's heard of, uh, OPM, which is, uh, other people's money when it comes to real estate. Yes, that's a thing. Uh, especially if you're borrowing from the bank and all of that stuff, but other people's experience is the major differentiator coming in you know there's a lot of times where they say uh, when it when it comes to anything if you even knew that you didn't know anything that would be something but you're not even there you still think you know everything just i wouldn't say throwing yourself on the mercy of a good team but understanding who your team is what they can do for you and and allowing them to walk you through the process that's such a a key point that you made there. And I, and I, and I love that. Okay. So now we've got our team. We're ready to take a step. Now we can go to the strategy we're talking about. And this would be, you know, let's, let's call them Jake and Emily. They're 32 and 33. Jake's uh, a sales rep and uh, Emily's a a flight attendant. So she's been grounded for a while. Um, (laughs) They do live in that condo downtown they are ready to, to, to start having more room and maybe they got a baby on the way or they're, they're looking at it. Now let's talk about that strategy. Cause that's such, I think there's two real key strategies for people getting started into the investing market uh, with real estate. And that's one of them. And we'll open up the other one in a second.
1: Yeah. So th- this, this is a great way. And this is actually how I became, how I I'll say got my first investment property and it was because yes lived lived in a place i had actually bought a place on my own i got into a relationship things were going well in the relationship we were living together at my place and we just decided hey it was time to to buy a bigger place for us and so we kept we kept the initial property held that for a number of years as an investment property and that was that was my first uh, first intro into in into real estate as an investment so <clears throat> you
0: have a specific strategy that you taught me on this, that I wasn't aware of. And let's talk about that because uh, most people are aware of that first time home buyers program, putting 5% down or being able to use your RSP to do that. Explain how you would use that mentality. Cause it's not really the first time home buyers program, but that strategy to make this work for you and and take that first step.
1: So it really just comes down to the, as you said, the the it's not a first the 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 CMHC insured mortgage five ten percent down is not a first time home buyers program. That is just the CMHC home buyers program. <laughs> the first time home buyers program
0: would be the RSP part of it, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, a lot of people I believe get that confused, and I was definitely definitely one of them for a long time.
1: So so people think, well, I've got to buy that new place. I need twenty percent down. Uh, I don't have the money. I've I've only got twenty percent equity in my current property, so I so the only way I can get that is to sell that property. Mm-hmm. But in fact, the new property you can buy if it's under five hundred thousand dollars with five percent down. If it's between five hundred thousand and a million, it's just ten percent on the balance over five hundred thousand. So so you can still buy it with I'll say a small Taking fast again. <laughs> yes, you, you you can buy it with let us just say between five and ten percent down as long as the property is under a million dollars. Okay. So
0: you threw out a lot of numbers there. Let's say you've got a place, you've got 20% equity. You can't access any more than that. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. So you have to be saving up past that at this point. Yes.
1: I mean, but with a lot of properties, you most properties, if you bought it a few years ago, you probably have more than that just based on the appreciation. But let, let's just say that you had, you were sitting at, you had 30% equity in your current property. Mm-hmm. So you cannot access, you cannot the only way to access that 30% is to sell the property, but through refinance, you can access 10%, 10% or maybe okay. a little, so, so, so you can access that. And then the, the other one you can is access
0: up to a maximum of 80% of the value of the home
1: on a refinance, but a purchase, you can do that with, with, as I said, that five to 10% down.
0: Yeah. Well, that's, that's different, right? Cause you're not accessing it. You're just throwing that money down. Exactly. Yeah, I, 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 you know, we're using we're using hammers to to drive in screws here, but just <laughs> want to make sure that that uh, I'm I'm breaking it down properly so that I'm I'm digesting it. Even though I know this stuff, sometimes you move a little fast for me too because you're so good with the numbers. So we've accessed ten percent. Let's say in a perfect world, we saved up a few bucks together. We accessed the extra equity in this condo, and now we want to go find this home. We found it. And we can only we can we can put as little as five percent down because that's going to be our principal residence,
1: right? Exactly. And 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 j- just to be clear, you said we save up a little bit together. We're not talking you and I here. I just want to be clear on that part. <laughs> I can do better.
0: Uh- <laughs> um, so- So, so this, and I think this really is where people get um, discouraged is thinking that to become an investor, you have to have 20% down, but truly because you move into a new home and that becomes your principal residence, you can do a 5% down payment again. And you can do that as many times as you want. Is that true?
1: In theory? Yes. But you'll
0: be building equity and building wealth, Exactly. Exactly. So you probably won't, Yes, but it is possible. Yes. I
1: I, I I say in theory, because most people, they may do it for to get their, their first residence plus, plus, uh, plus an investment property. And after that, they don't need to do it again. Yeah. Because as the equity continues to build between the properties and they want to keep going, they just don't need to.
0: Yeah. Especially if you're making smart buys and, and all of that stuff. So the other way that a lot of people I have met get into well, not only into um, um, real estate investing, but also getting used to being a landlord and all of those things is to put a separate suite in their already existing home and rent out the basement or a side split or something to people and start having somebody pay a portion of their mortgage for them. Yes. Um, do you want to talk about that strategy at all? Because I know it's not really financing, but how does it lead to financing the next property?
1: Ultimately, if you do that, it increases the value of the property. So if you put if you put a call it a basement rental unit, nice, you brought it, it back your, around. Your, I
0: wasn't even thinking about that.
1: Your 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 the value of your property would go up because you now have, in addition to the property you live in, you now have this basement rental mm-hmm. that duplex, produces yeah. cash flow. Exactly, becomes a yeah. duplex, and so. Number one, you're going to increase the, pro- the value of property in doing that. There is the opportunity once the value of the property that increases where you could do a refinance because you're dealing with a higher value of property space on that portion right there.
0: So that actually leaves you with both options available of putting 20% down because you've increased the property value. And it could be at that point where now I can just go pay for another place and keep this as my principal residence. Yes. Or... Now you get two tenants in that property and go put 5% down on your new principal residence. Yes. Wow. Why aren't more
1: people doing this, Jonathan? A lot. Well, a lot more people are, but there's a lot, a lot of people who are not doing it. You're right. The, the other, the other one to to touch on is the pre-construction world. Mm. And that's where, that's where, Yes, you do need to come up. Typically, with the deposit structures on most most buildings, you would need twenty percent down, but it's it's over time. This is the
0: whole thing. I love this area. I love this this discussion. Uh, and actually, I've spoken to Todor recently. He's going to come on the show and join us because I really want to talk about this one. There's so much we can get into on this one. And and yes. and the thing I really like is that I you know I recently had a friend. Who uh, I think he put down what was it forty thousand dollars on a condo? No, seventy thousand dollars he put down on a condo and made one hundred and eighty in five years because he assigned the mortgage, never closed on it. Yep, and made one hundred eighty thousand dollars. That's insane. I think we need to let that one be its own topic though. I would agree. (laughs) There's a lot to go in on that one. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'll be reaching out to Todor because you got me excited to talk about that one. I really do like that area. It's a very interesting, kind of a wacky way to invest. There's a lot of speculating involved, but if you know what you're doing, it's, it's, yeah, hugely, hugely profitable. Yes. So. I think we've covered the beginning steps. I think we've broken it down. I think we've broken our own curse of knowledge <laughs> here, which was the thing I really wanted to do. It, you know, it's, look, confused people do nothing. And if we're not educating here, we are missing out on our purpose for doing this, sir. And I think we really talked about those psychological steps that happened in the beginning, the education process. Um, the financing, you need to understand all of it. But you don't need to all understand all of it right now. Am I right? That's right, yes. Um, and, and having somebody on your side like a mortgage broker, it's just gonna be better for you. And this is where I, I'm gonna plug you, you know. Call Jonathan, you can get a hold of him at ipincome at amortgageplan.com. Everything about that says, I have a plan, yes. <laughs> I am investing, I am making money. Um, great, great email address, amortgageplan.com. And it's so important to me that an investor have a good mortgage broker, not a mortgage specialist, not a mortgage advisor, a mortgage broker. And if you don't know the difference, go back and listen to some of our podcasts, um, because a mortgage broker isn't selling mortgages. They're servicing a client different when the banks are, are doing their thing they're selling you aren't you know you're making sure that it's the best thing for your clients so you've got a long-term client that's exactly uh, the case jeff and, and beautiful beautiful plug for mortgage brokers <laughs> well you know what i i believe in the industry i believe that it's extremely important especially now um since 2008 when we saw the the collapse of lehman brothers after 110 years the banks are not what we believed them to be originally they're still important they still have a role but they are not institutional like the government so i think it's it's important to have an advocate on your side when it comes to dealing with those kind of big faceless entities and that's exactly what you are as an advocate sir so
1: i thank you for that anything you want to say to wrap up this uh, this episode it's always a pleasure speaking with you Jeff and thank you to everyone tuning in to listen. Uh so glad you you've found our found our podcast and and uh I just love uh, love speaking about this stuff so so glad you're listening. <laughs> yeah, thank you
0: Jonathan, I appreciate your time and thank you for listening. Um you if you're listening to us on Spotify or Google Play or Amazon or Alexa or any of the multitude of podcast directories that we are now listed on. You can find a free copy of our book at investmentpropertyincomebook.com. That's investmentpropertyincomebook.com. If you want to get hold of Jonathan, again, that's IPincome at amortgageplan.com. And yeah, thank you for listening. We really appreciate your time. I hope we filled it with a ton of value, Jonathan. Again, thank you so much. Have a fantastic day and we will see you next time.
1: See you next time, Jeff. Thanks.